Welcome back, everyone, to the Ankylosing Spondylitis Reduce Your Pain podcast. I'm super happy to have you here. My name is Sky Denton, and I am the host, the founder of this show, and it is an honor to be putting together such a platform of empowerment for people with chronic pain, especially one like ankylosing spondylitis that can just hurt so bad. So this is the place of positivity and empowerment. Today's episode, again, is with my good friend and health coach, life coach, Peter Winslow. And I've really been enjoying our conversations together, and it's just a blast having him on the show. A couple things. For one, we are not doctors. The best way to say it is this podcast is me expressing myself freely, and the guests that I have here are expressing themselves freely as well. We are not curing disease. We are not replacing the advice of good medical practitioners. And we encourage you to think for yourself and listen to medical advice that you feel is appropriate for you. That being said, this podcast goes very deep. We talk about, we talk about developing the opposite virtues of disease. You see a lot of people that have ankylosing spondylitis or chronic pain of any sort, and other diseases as well, but especially the chronic pain ones, is we can easily begin to develop pathological thinking of of victimization, of, of pain, of disempowerment, of feeling that things are hopeless. And all of that is not the opposite virtue of disease. That is very much dis-ease in itself as far as the mental component goes. So what Peter talks about is one way back to health, back to wellness, to reclaim your body from pain and inflammation and ankylosing spondylitis symptoms is developing the opposite virtues of disease. And it is a conversation that is not had in many circles outside of the, of the close group of people that, that I personally communicate with. And it's within these circles of companionship, of coaching, of friends that people do this, and achieve amazing, amazing results. So I'm looking forward to you enjoying this conversation. I'm going to share one thing with you all. I received an email recently from a friend of mine who is part of a recent online class. His name is Vikas, and he lives in India. And one thing that's very interesting about being a health coach especially an international health coach, is I can see clearly what countries are very interested in what we're talking about and what countries are not. Vikas is, like I said, from India. And India has a huge population, obviously. They also, as far as health goes, are very open-minded to understanding the importance and the role that stress plays in their lives and on their bodies. India... India was the, the father of Ayurvedic medicine, right? The founder of Ayurvedic medicine. And it's been a lot around a very long time. And Ayurvedic medicine accounts for things like stress. It accounts for things like food. It accounts for a lot more holistically, comprehensively, than our very kind of strict allopathic medical paradigm that I currently live in in the United States of America. And so one very interesting thing I find about being in my position are the number of people in India that are open to what we are teaching 
is huge. Per capita, it, it vastly outdoes what we find in America. And it's because as a culture, as a society, as people that understand health and bodies in the way that they do, they're much more open to understanding the mind-body connection with stress, with the myriad of chemical reactions that happen in our bodies when we go into the fight-or-flight response. So that's a little side note, but it's interesting to understand that this podcast has now reached six continents, right? All habited continents that I know of, everything except Antarctica. And that is absolutely fascinating to me. And I love that this information is going around the globe. So for all of you listening, for all of you sharing, I absolutely, absolutely want to thank you because it is it is because of you that this podcast is moving its way, making its way around the globe and having a positive, lasting impact on people. It's giving people hope. There are people that are hearing this podcast that have been part of, for example, the AS Warrior world, which we talk about on this podcast. AS Warriors are, you know, they're intelligent people in their own right. It's just that mentality is exhausting. There's a fight energy there. We are peacemakers. We are understanding that fighting ourselves, fighting disease in our own body, doesn't actually lead to a lasting outcome that's positive. So we become peacemakers. And it's because of you all that are learning this and willing to share it that this podcast, in a very short amount of time, has reached all six continents. So thank you all for that. And I do ask you to keep sharing. If you know someone... Even if they don't have ankylosing spondylitis, they can benefit from this show. Please do your part and share it because you never know what what one word or one sentence in this show can, can do for someone else because we are positive, we are intelligent, we care, and what we're talking about is very rich in dialogue, rich in wisdom, and rich in understanding the capacity for the human nature to to step up and to heal and for the body to do what it naturally does, which is to heal and repair itself. So thank you all for that. Now, Vikas says, hello, Sky. I'm doing fantastic. I feel that the universe wants me healed. So many wonderful things are happening and I feel so blessed. For example, I was very worried about bent posture. One of the days last week, when I was foam rolling, I suddenly felt my upper back vertebrae move by at least an inch and realign, and my posture is quite reasonable now. I never imagined that it would happen like that. I'm certain other posture problems are there, but I think the universe will take care of those as well. I just focus on doing my workouts and doing what you and Peter said. I had to walk around two kilometers on uneven surfaces last night, and there wasn't much pain. Earlier, I dreaded uneven walkways, and I would tense up on even seeing one. Motivated by that, I've started going on morning walks. I'm fortunate to have found this community. I can talk with you guys about things which I cannot talk about with even my best friend. Thanks for showing trust in me. Regards, Vikas. So Vikas, I believe, is almost exactly my age. I'm 33. I think Vikas is about 33 as well. Maybe a little bit older. But you can, you can hear the positivity 
in his message and how well he's doing and how willing he is to share it and to talk about it. And he brings up some really good points. And it's that you never know how things are going to happen. Like he would have never guessed that foam rolling, something would move that, that hopefully didn't hurt too bad. Hopefully it felt pretty good, but it allowed his body to settle back into a more natural state of, of homeostasis and balance. And so I want to share that with you. That's certainly not the only one I've gotten, but it's a good way to preface this podcast with that. So in this podcast, I encourage you to sit back, enjoy, take notes, because Peter and I talk about a lot. And a couple things that you're going to hear are the, 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 the toxic environment of what it's like to be an AS warrior and why that doesn't help. And this is a very, very controversial topic. There are a lot of AS warriors out there, and I understand why. Because I was one for a while, Peter was one for a while, and as we'll hear in the show, we encourage you to do something differently. If that's not working for you, if you're not experiencing less and less and less pain and more and more and more joy being an AS warrior, then flip that. Study with us. Start to become an AS victor. And you'll see a very, very different life path unfold in front of you. With that, I will start the show. Good afternoon, Peter. Good to see you again. Hey, Skylar. It's good to be with you again as well. You're smiling today. You having a good day? I am. I'm having a good day on two accounts. One, I'm giving myself a break today because it's raining so I can be inside and kind of relax. And the second one is I just pulled up the podcast statistics and I see that our podcast has made it into... It's made it into North America, South America, Africa, Europe, Asia, and Oceania, which is considered New Zealand, Australia. Um, right. So that's pretty cool, man. Six different continents. Truly international. Yeah. Which just goes to show you that the same issues that people deal with here are the, are the same around the world. Totally. Yeah. I mean, someone in pain here in America is not too different than someone in pain in Asia. And I'm really happy they're finding the podcast and and putting things to use. I have gotten really positive feedback on the podcast and that it feels really good. Well, this is one of the only groups in the world with a positive message for people with AS. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, and that's the, that's the mission, right? A place of positivity and empowerment for people with, with a disease who have been told that their future is gonna be kind of the opposite of that. But we know that's it's not always true at all doesn't have to be true at all. In fact, there's a lot of people who recover and overcome chronic illnesses and chronic pain, including ankylosing spondylitis. We're, you and I are two people who would count ourselves in that group uh, for sure. I mean, I haven't had any symptoms in 30 years. And I had terrible symptoms for 10 years before that. Yeah. 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 And so real quickly, before I ask you the first question, I'm curious, Peter, you also you had depression, right? You had, I'm just curious what else you had beyond the pain as well. Cause most people with AS, they'll have lethargy, they'll have chronic fatigue, they'll have depression, they'll have tension in their relationships. They'll have maybe other autoimmune diseases as well or digestion problems in their stomach, food sensitivities. I had all that stuff, depression among them chiefly because I felt like there was no answer for me and that there was something eternally wrong with me, something broken in my body that there was no cure for. 
that I had to endure for the rest of my life. So that forged a self-image of victimization and victimhood. And that kicked off everything else, problems with digestion, problems with relationships, couldn't hold a job, was constantly in pain. You talk about lethargy and boredom and, and uh, you know, feeling lazy, like there's nothing I can do, disempowerment, yeah. food sensitivities, all of it. Drug addiction, you know, addicted to painkillers and alcohol. It all kind of goes together hand in hand with the victim mentality. Mm -hmm. So mine was particularly extreme because I came out of a very tumultuous background of abuse. And this is pretty common for people that have chronic illness. We've discovered through the research and the findings show that uh, people who are abused as children often have major problems in adulthood with their immune systems and autoimmune disorders. Yeah. So I cite those studies in my books. I talk about you know, what we know and how we've discovered this stuff that it's called ACEs. Adverse childhood experiences lead to problems in adulthood. So there's a test you can take. You can get it on one of my websites. At the club, I have resources where it shows where to get the test for ACEs to see if you've got them. And there's 10 questions you answer. If you answer yes to even one of them, then chances are that you've got an autoimmune disorder. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so many people have this. And of course, medical professionals are looking for bacteria or viruses or other heebie-jeebie pathogens that are at fault here. <laughs> yeah. And so far, they can't pinpoint exactly what's going on because it's not just the body. It's also the emotions. Yeah. that are disempowering the immune system so it can't do its job properly and wipe out those so-called heebie-jeebies. Yeah. It's amazing when people do start taking control of the emotional standpoint, the emotional fact that stress inhibits the immune system, that stress is hard on the body, and it's becoming more and more mainstream. So more people are healing. It's always been that way, of course. Uh, we just have more studies now that corroborate that information. Stress is a mind-body condition. And so it was disregarded for uh, a long time by mainstream medicine because they don't deal with the mind. They don't really get training to go and uh, alleviate the mental conditions that create the stress in the body. So stress is a mental situation, stress. It's a mental condition that affects the physical body. That's proof of the mind-body continuum, mind-body complex. Because if you can think something stressful and feel it in the body, that's mind-body definition. Yeah. Think of like a scary movie, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or if you hear something embarrassing, your face can turn red. For sure, yeah. That's a physical uh, response to an emotional standpoint. Yeah. I mean, so in regards to that, I mean, so would laughing. Right, like we see something funny, our brain processes it as funny, humorous, and so we have a physical response, we laugh. Exactly. Yeah. It's a mind-body situation, and laughter is healing. Yes, I know, during my time coaching with you, I listened to, I watched the whole series of Friends. I grew up watching the show Friends, I always thought it was funny as a child, and I allowed myself during that coaching period with you to, to, to binge watch television, which I don't usually do, but I did it for a purpose. And I allowed myself to laugh. I let go of the judgment of, oh, that's not realistic. 
who would say that, you know, whatever, to enjoy the TV show. And between giving myself that opportunity, working with you, getting my body back in shape, it, it, worked, it worked wonders on my health. And I've been out of pain for a very long time. There's a lot of examples of people who did that, famous people, like uh, President Theodore Roosevelt went and explored the Amazon long before white people had gone down there and gone through it. And he contracted all kinds of diseases like malaria and beriberi or others. And when he got back to the United States, they thought he was on his deathbed. He just sat in a hospital in a bed and watched Marx Brothers comedy movies for a month and he recovered. Yeah. And the same is true of others that have used humor. Yeah. I mean, there's another example too, Norman Cousins with the book regarding ankylosing spondylitis. Um, what's, do you remember the title of that book? Anatomy of an Illness by Norman Cousins. Yes. Anatomy of an Illness, yeah. I mean, he talks about how he helped him reclaim his life from AS. Same thing we've done. Exactly right, and he used humor and he played with children a lot. Okay. Which yeah. reminded him of how it felt to be young and healthy and nubile and uh, you know, energetic and carefree and stress-free. Yeah. So this isn't commonly taught in today's uh, scientific world of uh, medicine. And so where do people learn this? I mean, where did you learn about this? You must have been doing some research because it isn't mainstream awareness that people know that laughter is healing. But it used to be said that laughter is the best medicine because it empowers the immune system. That's why it's the best medicine is because it strengthens immunity, laughter. Mm -hmm. And human beings are the only species that seem to laugh. Yeah. Pretty yeah. amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of science out there now that talks about how improved the immune system is when someone's in good spirits versus depressed, for sure. It's scientific. Yeah, they're finally studying that and finding the correlations to be true. Yeah. But people have known since, you know, the early days of mankind. Yeah. Finally, now we have permission from the medical establishment <laughs> to yeah. believe. Yeah. So, th so that's perfect. That feeds into what I wanted to ask you. So I have your book Heal here called Heal for Real. And I remember when I got this book, I remember, I remember just hoping, hoping, hoping that this book was going to have the answers for me that I wanted at the time. And I had been doing so much global research on the internet, reading stories and stories about people with AS. And this was the most positive resource I had found at the time by far, still is. And so I remember when I got this book, it absolutely changed my life. And there's, there's a quick passage I wanna read in here. And it goes right along with what we're saying of, of humor and of, of being happy, of being healthy in ways that we can. And I want to I want to talk about this with you. So on page 180 in Heal for Real, you say, the most effective way to overcome the causes of disease and disharmony is not to throw energy into resisting and fighting the symptoms and behaviors related to them, but to develop the virtues that oppose them. And we were just talking about laughter. And I feel like laughter is one of those virtues that opposes disease and illness and pain. Would you agree? Oh, it's absolutely certain that that's the case. Yes, yeah, Skylar, you're right on top of it, truly. So I talk about developing the opposite virtues. 
So most people hate the condition. They're afraid of what could happen. They're resisting the pain. Naturally, we can understand why. I mean, it's natural for human beings to do that. Yeah. So then they become what are called AS warriors. Have you heard that term? I know you have. I have, yeah. I, I got into the AS warrior chat groups for a while. And once I had gotten better and, and healed from AS, I, I went in there and kind of tried to help people there. And it was... <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't work very well. Well, they're in the midst of a battle. So feeling good and laughing isn't exactly what they're going to arm themselves with in their battles. Yeah. So they don't have a need for someone to come in and say, I can help you. What they want is more ammunition for the fight. So hmm. the AS warriors are engaged in a lifelong struggle of pain and suffering. And there is no healing there. So that's what I was talking about. Instead of throwing the thrust of your efforts into resisting and, and trying to defeat what it is that you're contending with, I say, develop the opposite virtues. And so this is counterintuitive, meaning people can't figure it out for themselves in most cases. I mean, why would I want to laugh? I've got AS, for God's sake. How can I laugh about that? Get serious, right? Well, mm -hmm. no, don't get serious. Get light. Learn how to reverse the emotional stress that's causing the immune system to back up and misfire and malfunction. And you do that through feeling good. So this is basically what I teach people to do in our coaching programs is how to feel good inside and out. That's the opposite virtue of fighting a war. It's the opposite virtue of feeling pain and suffering. However, people don't know how to feel good. We've all been taught how to feel bad. And most of us in the Western world have been taught that to feel good, you need to acquire wealth so that you can buy anything you need and that's when you'll feel good and successful. And we certainly have seen over the years and generations that that isn't the full whole truth. That just having a lot of money doesn't automatically equal happiness and health. Mm -hmm. So it's not wrong to have a lot of money. I like having money. Uh, it's opportunity, but it's coming from a, a, an awareness of abundance. And I have abundance in all, in all my efforts, abundant health, abundant happiness, abundant wealth, abundant love, abundant joy. It's all abundance of one form or another. And that's the opposite of the warrior mentality. Yeah. So you said something really interesting, Peter. I want to back up. You said that with the AS warrior mentality, they're in the midst of a struggle. They're in the midst of a battle with this pain. And what they're looking for is more ammunition. That was a really interesting, as much as I've talked about AS with you, with other people, the, the term more ammunition is new today. And so I'm thinking about the type of ammunition that they're looking for. And to my experience, it's been, they're looking for basically like medical research, they're looking for drugs, they're looking for therapies. And a basically everything that I see them looking at is negative. So like more ammunition for their battle is like even more negativity, it seems like, with the direction that their gaze is in. Would you agree? Oh, yes. In many cases, it's like throwing gasoline on the fire, isn't it? Yeah. So, of course, they're looking for ammunition. This is their mindset. This is what they're taught to do. And 
it makes sense that this is how we would proceed in the face of a incurable disease is to try to find more medications, more therapies, more ways to treat the condition and the symptoms of those conditions. And those treatments do improve and expand as time goes by, but they never cure anybody. They simply treat the condition. So if you'd like to be free of your AS and uh, chronic pain situation, there has to be another way. Instead of constantly fighting the battles of you know, pain and suffering and trying to get away from it all and, and you know, fight this war till the end of time, what are people fighting against? They're fighting against themselves. They're fighting against something that's happening within their bodies that they don't understand. And they're fighting against their mental instability, which is called suffering. So the definition of suffering doesn't mean that you have pain. There are some people who like pain. You know, cage fighters and others. There are people who's, who use it for sexual pleasure and other people enjoy pain in different ways. Uh, endurance athletes like that form of pain. So pain doesn't automatically equal suffering. Suffering is when you're emotionally resistant to the pain. Emotionally resistant to what you're inc incurring. Mm -hmm. So, so that's so what suffering is, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was there for a long time, and I was looking at all this material and reading all these stories, and people with AS just, you know, they can have a really tough life. There's no doubt. And so a few minutes ago, you talked about laughing, and I'm so grateful that I, I laugh a lot now. I didn't laugh a lot when I was in the midst of AS, and so I know what it's like to be there and I know you do too. And so you said something like people with AS basically should be laughing more. They should be lighter. That either sounds extremely, extremely wise or impossible. And naive. And naive, right? Like, like who, who, who could be in pain and be laughing about it? We know the benefits of laughter. And so what have you seen with all the clients you work with? Like how have you gotten them to that place of being lighter instead of, so pissed off that they're in pain. Yeah, it's very basic. And my process goes right to the heart of what solves that equation in that situation. And I give this to people in my uh, recovery challenge training and in my personal coaching. What I teach them to do is feel good about who they are. And that kicks the ball rolling in a direction that feels good. Because you may not always be happy. I mean, you know, if, you're, if your pet your dog or cat dies today, you're not going to be happy today about that, but you can always feel good about who you are. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I teach people to do. And it's counterintuitive. They wouldn't have thought of that. They'd go to a rheumatologist and look to alleviate the inflammation and think that that's how they'll feel good. But if you feel good about who you are, it lessens the stress in the subconscious mind that works against you and causes the, the uh, cascade of symptoms in the body that happen as a result. Mm -hmm. So there's is a two-step process that I take people through and they go into remission and recovery from AS. And that two steps, most people haven't figured out. So I'll tell you what they are right now. The first thing is you've got to reverse the cause of your condition. So now what's the cause of your condition and how do you reverse it? That's what I teach people how to do. Mm -hmm. And the cause of your condition is stress.
that's overloading the immune system and causing negative immune function, which makes the immune system attack itself, which creates inflammation and causes pain in the body. Mm -hmm. So now how do you do that? I have a short program to teach you exactly how to do that. And the second thing you've got to do is repair the damage in the body. And so people think, well, you've got to do that with surgery or drugs or what have you. No. Just specific practices and movements allow you to rewire the brain through what's called neuroplasticity. So that's the resolution of the condition. Reverse the cause, repair the damage, you'll go into remission and recovery. Mm -hmm. With my experience with this, I can clearly see how what was primary in my life was dealing with the pain, was fighting the pain. That's, that's where the AS warriors are. And then with you, it, it shifted. My, pri my, my primary focus in life shifted from dealing with the pain to feeling good about myself, to feeling supported, to feeling like I could do something about my situation. So there was confidence that came with that. There's empowerment that came with that. I felt stronger. And so when I think back, I can see that major shift in focus. And that shift in focus was also when we understand that the mental processes release stress in the body or that releases adrenaline or it releases things that feel good. I shifted from fighting the pain to feeling good about myself and the body did the rest. I didn't have to learn how my immune system worked. I just had to apply the tools you taught me to get myself feeling good. That's right. That's all it is. Yeah. So once you learn what to do, you no longer have to fight the battles. Yeah. So get out of the way, stop fighting and feel good about who you are. And the body follows the mind. Yeah. That's why yeah. laughter is the best medicine because the body just follows the mind into joy. It really yeah. does. I mean, you know, if you get bad news, you can feel really bad. You can feel it in your gut. You can feel the stress on your shoulders and your neck. You might not be able to sleep, digest your food properly, just because you heard some, something that you interpreted as bad news. And then the next day or the next week you hear, oh no, it was a false alarm, nothing bad happened. And the condition cures itself. It, it uh, clears up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The body follows the mind. That's something that we're not taught in our medical training. But it actually happens. There's the, there's the effect called the placebo effect. Doctors uh, will recognize it as effective in about, researchers say in about 30 to 35% of cases, the placebo is what's working. So antidepressant medications are largely working on the placebo effect. You take a pill, you expect it to have a result. It begins to feel differently in the body as it changes the neurotransmitters in the brain, the way that they're processing. And then you expect to improve and you do. Mm -hmm. So it's the body following the mind. Mm -hmm. That is what we're doing here. So when you feel good about who you are, you can always feel good about who you are if you know how. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you don't have to fight with yourself anymore like a warrior does. Warriors are fighting against their bodies. It's me against my disease. It's me against my illness. It's me yeah. against my symptoms. It's me against myself. And there is no cure there. So they'll keep fighting and fighting. And you know, now it's become like this badge of courage and badge of honor to be a warrior. We're going to fight this thing all the way down, okay? And those people do not heal. Yeah. I mean, 
And I would argue those people just keep on getting sicker and sicker and sicker. You know, having, having healed from AS myself, when I'm around somebody that has that warrior mentality, I can clearly see that it's not good for their health. <laughs> you know? Obviously. Yeah. Their mental yeah. health, their emotional health, or their physical health. Yeah. These things yeah. work together. And they're focused on the pain and they're focused on all this victimization. And, and I remember you said something that really stuck out to me. You've almost said it today, but not quite. But you said, when you're fighting, you know, when you're fighting a disease within, like you're fighting an aspect of yourself, you're fighting an aspect of your body. And if you're constantly fighting yourself, who wins? And I remember you asked me that and I was like, what? Like, okay, like, let me process that. If I'm fighting myself, who wins? And, and I remember just getting to the point, like shaking my head and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't think I win. <laughs> that doesn't sound like it. If you're constantly waging a war against yourself, who wins? Yeah, yeah. that's in the book. Is in the book, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a very good point because it really brings across what, what most people are doing. And one they, thing though is a lot of people don't realize they have a choice. True. So, so question for you, what do you have to say to the millions of AS warriors that are doing the best they can they're getting information from other people that they know that have AS who happen to be a warrior by happenstance. So that's all they know and all they have. Like, what do you have to say to all of them that are fighting every day? I would say, I understand what you're going through. I was a warrior myself for 10 years. And if that was the solution, I'd be all for it today. I'd be leading the charge. I'd be a warrior on the front lines of research and recovery from this dreaded condition. But I learned that there's no victory there. As long as you're fighting a war, the war is never won. Mm -hmm. So if it isn't working for you, if you're fighting the war and it's not making the progress that you'd like to have and you're not feeling as good as you otherwise would like to, try something different. You do have a choice. If you don't know what else to do, read my book, come to my class, go to my websites, find the resources. I have plenty of free resources for people all over the web and the websites that we've developed. Yeah. Try something different. Yeah, I like that. I think that one reason I was so successful is because I also have an open mind. And I know that when I heard, you know, your book is very different than what the AS Warriors are talking about. And I was, I was open to it. I was open to anything that would help myself. And you have to be in order to make the gains that you made. If you're not open to it, then nobody and nothing can make you do it. Yeah. You no, know, there is no psychology that says a man can achieve what he believes he cannot achieve. No psychology follows that dictum. And so people are hearing there is no cure, there is no cure, and we're going to be AS warriors. That's exactly what's happening there. There's no way that they can achieve what they believe they cannot. Yeah. And that's what's going on in that situation. So you've got to open your mind. And that's the gift of AS. Here's another counterintuitive I'll offer that I'd like people to know. Everybody who goes through my training and gets relief and recovery and remission from AS gets to a point of awareness where they're actually grateful that they got AS. Now, how's that? Yeah, that's huge. How does that work, right? Yeah. Would you say it's true for you that you actually found gratitude for AS after you came through it? 
Yes. Yeah. So, so does everybody who comes through it. They're like, man, I would never have discovered all this stuff about myself. I would have never grown in this way. I would have never opened my mind and learned and evolved and become happy and wholesome and healthy if the AS didn't knock me off my feet. So the AS is a teacher. And this is something that most people never accept or realize. They think AS is an enemy. It's a Satan. It's a yeah. evil presence. It's trying to undermine their life when actually what it's doing is the opposite. It's an opportunity to wake up, let go of that inner stress that's bedeviling you at those deeper levels of consciousness. And then that's when the pain and suffering move away by themselves because you've reversed the cause of that pain and suffering. And then we go about stage two, which is repair the damage through rewiring the brain through just different beliefs and behaviors, exercises that create new neural pathways in the brain. And you're done. You don't have to spend the next 10 years as a warrior, the next 20 years or the rest of your life being a lifelong member of, you know, the medical establishment and a subscriber to the pharmaceutical companies for life. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that my time with you and, and all the clients that I personally know that have coached with you, it, that took 10 years off of pain, if not an entire lifetime. What did? Working with you, working with you and learning these ways instead of, instead of, continuing down the AS warrior path. Right, and trying to figure it all out. Yeah, try to figure it all out. And so I wanted to jump back. So you said nobody achieves what they believe they can't. So people who believe that they can't do anything about AS, they're left pretty hopeless. Would you agree? Well, here's the point. Everybody's right. If you believe you cannot heal, you're right. Henry Ford made a famous uh, quotation that goes like that, where he says, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, either way, you're right. Yeah. So, so someone who believes that they absolutely cannot do anything about their situation with AS will hear this podcast and dismiss it. That's an example of that. Like, well, no, you can't do that. So I'm going to continue studying this. It's a bias, basically. Yeah, that's common. And they're correct when they say that they can't do it, when they say you can't do that and project it onto me, that's incorrect. I've done it. You've done it. My clients have done it. It isn't that nobody can do it and we can't do it. It's the point that they can't do it because they don't believe it's possible. Yeah. Now, this isn't a license for ignorance, as I'm often want to say. Uh, you have to have realistic expectations and that leads to positive outcomes. So, it isn't like, okay, I'm going to wave a magic wand and you're going to be all better. That's a mistake people make uh, when they first get into remission. They think, oh, now I can go back to eating cupcakes and Twinkies and I can go back to my old ways of being resentful and hateful and hurtful and I can go back to being who I was. And so their symptoms recur. Yeah. That's what happens with a lot of people who get fast results and then quit the training. Mm-hmm. To go back to where they were. And that's the mistake that I'm elucidating right now is that people think once I'm in remission, I can go back to my bad behaviors. No, you've got to continue to be loving and giving and hopeful and cheerful and light and abundant and happy and 
act like a healthy person acts. You don't get to go back to your bad behaviors and expect that you're going to remain in remission. I think one of the best behaviors that I've seen with myself and with others is being kind to myself. I think one of the, I think AS, the biggest gift I got from it is learning for one that I had the choice second that I actually had the ability to be kinder to myself. I've never seen anyone come through your group classes, my private coaching class that had a yes, that wasn't hard on themselves. And it feels wonderful to let that shit go. <laughs> I was perhaps among the most hardened of all these patients. And I was so brutal to myself. Everybody saw it and everybody told me, but I never realized what I was doing exactly. I was just a warrior. Warring yeah. against myself and against my past and against my memories and the demons in my mind that I was trying to keep locked up and shut off. Yeah. So when you say be kind, that happens organically. You didn't have to train yourself how to be kind to yourself, did you? It just kind of happened. Yeah, it just started happening. Yeah. As a result of your practices. Yeah. Another thing that is similar to that that we notice is that People with uh, satirical or sardonic or sarcastic uh, senses of humor are hard on themselves. And so they use that as an outlet. Sarcasm is an outlet for humor that they think is a healthy and positive way to, to contend with their conditions. However, yeah. sarcasm is always interpreted as an attack. If you're sarcastic about somebody or even about yourself, it's an attack. It's not yeah. being kind. I'll say that what we notice is that people who are sarcastic who go through the programming and become happy and healthy and abundant, sarcasm falls away. They just are less sarcastic and then it goes away altogether and they don't understand why because they didn't try to make it go away. And mm -hmm. it was part of their personality that they thought was endearing and charming and, and attractive to other people. But it falls away just like cruelty falls away and kindness takes its place. So the sense of humor is a lot lighter rather than sardonic and wry and twisted. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that, that sarcasm comes up. So I used to be very sarcastic. That was my number one way to be funny. And I, uh -huh. like, I made people laugh all the time. I had really, really good sarcasm. And yeah. the more I changed, the more positive I got in general, the more I started realizing, like, if I said something sarcastic, it didn't actually feel very good. It was kind of mean. You know, I might, someone might walk in and be like, oh, nice hat, right? And like some sarcastic remark. And it was, it was, it was an attack and it was like twisted in, in a way to kind of make people laugh a little bit, but it was, it was mean. Like, I, and now when I hear someone who's very sarcastic, there is a meanness to it. And you know that they're hard on themselves. Yeah. And that's, I hadn't put that together that it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you can see it. And now yeah. where's your sarcasm? It kind of fell away and your sense of humor became brighter. It never happens with me anymore that I'm sarcastic. It just isn't natural. It doesn't come out anymore that way. Yeah. I remember going through this period where I, I almost, I was sort of like, I had a little bit of an identity crisis with the, with the humor stuff because all of a sudden I wasn't funny anymore. I felt boring. <laughs> I felt boring because I wasn't being really sarcastic and making people laugh. And and now I guess I'm just kinder in general. I just, I'm more relaxed. I don't, I don't poke fun like I used to at myself or others nearly as much. And, uh, but I remember being like, what do I do now? 
Sarcasm yeah. is my go-to. <laughs> well, have you noticed? Is it the case that life is easier now? Yes. Yes. Interesting how that goes along hand in hand. Yeah. That's a good point. Life is easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And isn't that what we all would like? Yeah. I mean, my life, yeah. The, the level of struggle I have isn't, isn't anything like it used to be. And so that brings me to something. So you said that when you were um, battling yourself, a lot of people saw it, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody commented on it. You know, my close friends and associates, even my professors and teachers mentioned okay. it. Yeah. yeah. So I was the opposite. I think maybe someone like, you know, as wise as you might have seen it if you were around me, but I was kind of the, I had the quiet, the quiet personality. No one, no one knew I was battling myself. I'd get up early, I'd surf, I'd get up early and accomplish things. Uh, but for me, I was so mean to myself. I was battling myself and no one, no one on the outside saw it because I could put on a smile I could laugh. I was really, I was good at my jobs. I did what I had to do. But inside, I, like, I was just like super pissed and angry at myself for not being good enough all the time. That's the warrior mentality. Yeah. And you may believe that nobody saw it, but there are those who did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I can pretty clearly see it in other people now. So I'm sure at the time I was just, I was in it, right? I was just, I didn't have the awareness to recognize my patterns at all. And you were playing a role where you were covering up for it, where you didn't show your public face. Yeah. You know, you didn't show the public at large what was going on internally. Yeah. It's another thing that we're trained to do that creates inner contradiction. And that inner contradiction creates stress. And that stress creates issues in the immune system. And that immune system then creates negative immune response, which leads to inflammation. And inflammation creates and causes pain and destruction in the tissues of the body. See how it all goes together? Yeah. Yeah. I can see where I was, because I wouldn't speak out loud, I wouldn't talk about my frustrations. I was a people pleaser. I was definitely a perfectionist. I was always, <laughs> I was expecting myself to be perfect in everything <laughs> yeah. all the time. And I realized that my idea of per perfection was some, it was a fantasy. It was a, it was a projection of, sort of the ideal like like opening a magazine and seeing at the time i was surfing a lot or at least trying to and seeing someone shooting down like some of the biggest waves most perfect waves on the planet and that was always what i thought i should be doing and if i didn't hit that goal i would be really hard on myself and even if i did hit the goal i was shooting for i wouldn't really give myself the i wouldn't relish in the reward of my success at all so that's stressful as well. And it's you holding yourself up uh, and comparing yourself to others. Even magazine images of guys shooting the pipeline, right? You were comparing yourself to them. And you yeah. had this overall feeling of I should. The word should and the sentiment that follows from should and should not is guilt. And guilt means I need to be punished. I'm guilty and I should be punished. That's the should. That creates inner contradiction. Because some of you wants to be well and heal and feel good about who you are. Part of you wants that. And the other part says, I should or I should not have done that. And I'm guilty and I deserve punishment. That creates inner contradiction, which creates stress in the subconscious mind that we're not even aware of. And that stress in the subconscious mind creates negative immune response, 
which creates the inflammation, which leads to the pain. Yeah. That sustains the house that Jack built, or however that fairy tale goes. Yeah, yeah. And you so, weren't even aware of any of that. Yeah, see, I wasn't aware of it. So I know that the dialogue I had at the time was I should a lot. There was a lot of that. And I never consciously was like, I deserve to be punished. But I notice no. now that like immediately if I feel like I should be doing something, I'm that belief is like meaning like I'm inherently not good enough. Correct. So like, I'm in the wrong, like I'm bad. I don't feel good. I feel like crap. I'm guilty and I deserve punishment is what I'm, it stores as in the memory. Yeah. And that's what causes the inner contradiction that leads to the stress. It creates the inflammation in the body. That's the cause that you've got to reverse that cause as step one of remission and recovery through the Winslow way. We remove all that stuff. Yeah. I teach people how to feel good about how they are and who they are. That's mm -hmm. what does it. We don't have to figure out who did what to whom and how bad it hurts and you know, if you were abused and what kind of psychology is involved. Forget all that noise. Just feel good about who you are and that's what I teach you to do in a matter of hours. And it allows us to drop the medical stuff too. All the, and like the food, you know, what kind of food is gonna like spike my inflammation? And well, like, I shouldn't eat that. Yeah. There's your should and should not right there. Yeah. And why not? Why not eat it? Because there's something wrong with me. I've got this disease, see, and it creates inflammation which causes pain and I don't want pain. I've gotta get away from the pain. That's all inner contradiction and inner conflict that creates stress. So mm -hmm. it's based on I should not eat that food because there's something wrong with me. That doesn't feel good. That's not feeling good about yourself. And again, focus on the opposite virtue. Feel good about who you are. You can always feel good about who you are, no matter what happens in your life, when you learn how. It's all good. It's all part of a bigger plan and a bigger purpose. And you'll discover what that is. Mm -hmm. Once mm -hmm. you discover what that is, then you can make your choices accordingly. You can focus on the opposite virtues of, of pain and suffering and the body follows the mind into recovery. And then we go steps further and rewire the brain out of chronic pain through neuroplasticity and into health and awareness and abundance. And then the symptoms drop away on their own. You don't have to fight. You don't have to be a warrior anymore. So for all the warriors who are listening to, to this, if they've gotten this far without hanging up on us, uh, I suggest that you consider this. You know, this is beyond the warrior and graduate okay you're a four-star general in a battle now it's time for you to become an ambassador who makes the peace become the yeah. peacemaker that is so much so much high more highly exalted than fighting a war and by the way it takes a lot more courage and guts to do that than it does to fight so you think you're a badass because you're a general in a war Graduate to peacemaker. Now you're really a badass. Yeah. Making peace instead of making war. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been fantastic to be someone who's done that in my own life and reaped the rewards of that success and witnessed others doing the same thing. I've really enjoyed your group classes and I really thought it was fantastic at the end of this most recent one how well people were doing. They're becoming peacemakers, not only with their body,
but in the rest of their life. And it means they have less inflammation. They have less stress, which means they have less pain and they're happier. That's the bottom line. They just become happier and everything comes from that. Yeah. Relationships improve. Their income improves. Their prospects improve and increase. Their health gets better. They sleep better. They feel better. They can start eating more food now. They move more. It's not about curing a disease. It's about becoming who you are, when you are, what feels best. So it, you'll notice, and we'll tell the, the people listening to the podcast at the moment, we're not curing AS. In fact, we almost never talk about AS, do we? No, we don't talk a lot about AS. In the classes, we talk about you and how to feel good about who you are and what you can do and what behaviors you are now to utilize. Mm -hmm. And the AS takes care of itself. And then they get grateful that that AS led them to this path of exaltation <laughs> and spiritual function and living a useful life. Yeah. It's, it's fun too, watching people's like brains get scrambled when all of a sudden the pain goes away and they're like, what? They're like, I've been focused on the pain trying to figure this out for 20 years. There's one man specifically in, in the, the second to most recent class you had. And he was just like, what? Like I'm putting my focus elsewhere. I'm feeling good about who I am, focused on family and the pain is gone. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, because it does. It takes care of itself. The body is absolutely brilliant. There are a myriad of complex things happening every millisecond in our body that we're not aware of. And so, yeah, we learn to live our life and live it well. And the pain goes away by itself. That's huge for people to understand. And it's not intuitive. They don't figure that out. They think that they have to fight the pain to make it go away. And the warriors will recognize this, but who do you know who's fought the pain and made it go away permanently? No one. I haven't met anybody yet who's constantly fought, fought, fought the battles and is a warrior and doesn't have pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So try something different. Yeah. Make peace. Learn how to be good. Learn how to make that peace and feel good about who you are. Yeah. That's truly developing the opposite virtues of disease. There's no doubt. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I do want to hit on that just a little bit before we close this podcast. Developing the opposite virtues of disease is a fantastic skill set that carries out into relationships with work, with loved ones, with family, with everything. And I know that some people out there might think that it'd be really, really hard to do or, or dang near impossible. So, you know, but yeah, we've seen people do it. You did it kind of on your own. I did it with guidance and coaching from you and, and some other books and people in your group are doing it quite quickly. I, I'm always shocked at how much faster other people are doing it than I did. I thought I was pretty good. Yeah. And now, you know, you get a group of people all doing it at the same time, and it's, it's just fantastic. So, you know, and there's a level of wisdom to it, too, developing the opposite virtues of disease in order to heal. So can you just talk on that for a sec? I know I'm kind of vague here, but it's, it's brilliant. You know, in order to create wellness, in order to create vibrancy of life and of body, 
we do have to develop the opposite of disease. And that's exactly what you teach. That's what's in your books, all of it. That's right. That's the solution. That's what leads to the most favorable outcome. And so people would want to know at this point, well, what is the opposite virtue from disease and illness? And of course, we could say wellness, happiness. But it's love, joy, and peace of mind that make the difference. And that's what I connect people to. Because this is what's misunderstood as well. People don't understand any of what we're talking about until they take the coursework and they're like, ah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. The opposite of illness is love. Yeah. Joy and peace of mind. And these are three things that people don't realize you already own. It's there within you already. You don't have to go get it. You don't have to go out looking for love and be good enough to earn it and find it somewhere in the world. You have it within you already. It's who you are, when you are, what makes you feel best. Mm -hmm. Love. That's the opposite of illness and despair and despondency and addiction and depression and illness and sickness and disease. And it's what you are. That's what I plug people into. So when people realize that this is what they are, they become highly ebullient. They become very attractive because they're loving, light beings. And the people who resonate with that are highly attracted to them because they recognize themselves in that person. They don't know exactly what they're experiencing, but they just know that this guy's light. You know, this girl is really resonating and putting out vibrations of love and joy. Yeah. And that reminds people of who they are when they feel their best. So they're attracted to it and they don't know why because they're not aware of the, that that's who they are at the spiritual level. Love, joy, and peace of mind. And it translates into health, wealth, and happiness in our lives. That's the opposite of illness. So the opposite of illness isn't medications. Now medications have their place. I'm not totally against medications. There are about 10% of the people who use those meds are very greatly helped by them. But the other 90%, not so much. They're just lifetime customers of the, of the uh, pharmaceutical industrial complex. Mm -hmm. But when you connect to who you really are, that's when everything changes. That's the opposite of virtue. That's what you already own free and clear. You don't have to go get joy. You know, so people say, well, I'll have joy when I uh, buy a Ferrari and I finally get the car of my dreams. Then I'll have joy. And they mistakenly think that the joy that they feel when they sit in that car is coming out of the steering wheel. And the joy is in the plastic and the rubber and the leather and the metal of the car. No, the joy is within you. And when you're fully present in that experience of sitting in that car, the joy comes forth from you. Mm -hmm. It's within you already. This is how we bring joy to the world instead of expecting the world to bring us constant joy, which it cannot do. That's a dysfunctional expectation that always leads to disappointment. Yeah. This is what I plug people into, and the body takes care of itself. Now, you have to act like a healthy person acts. You don't just get to go back to your bad habits of eating poorly and being mean to other people and feeling bad about who you are obviously isn't, isn't going to uh, continue the benefits that you've created in your life by discovering the authentic self of love, joy, and peace of mind. Mm -hmm. 
Those things are priceless and nobody can give them to you. But you've got to become authentic with those things in your life and learn how to do that so that you're not constantly bombarded by your inner critic of ego that says, oh, you're not good enough, you can't do it, you need to be perfect, you messed that thing up, why did you do that, you made mistakes, you know you're bad. All that hackneyed mental machination that goes on at the rate of 1,500 words and images per minute, psychologists tell us, of the stream of consciousness that's flowing through our minds, creating what we call a monkey mind. It's like a monkey in a cage running around, bouncing around, jumping around, looking for a way out, never satisfied. Yeah. Drunken monkey. Stress. Total stress. Stress. Yeah, stress. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we let go of that makes these changes. That's the opposite virtue. Perfect. Well, thank you for putting some clarity and some closure on that because it's a very big conversation. And it's something that a lot of our listeners are if they listen to a couple podcasts, they're kind of catching on to that, but it's a new concept for a lot of people. So thank you for going over that. Yes, I'm aware it is a new concept and it's a choice. So people can always make the choice to have an optimistic viewpoint about what they can do. Guys, you can do this. People do this. People heal and recover from AS and other chronic conditions and they don't do it by fighting the symptoms. And it's important to say too that I've heard you say this a lot, that you're not, that you're not against anything. You're like, you're pro anything that helps. And so there's a time to take medications. When I was working with you under your guidance, there was a time where the best thing I could do for my health was to take some pharmaceutical drugs so that I could experience less pain and relax and give myself a break and do what I needed to do. But we don't stop there. We, we keep going. We keep learning. We don't rely solely on the medications. Well, that's right. Because medications are there as a stopgap measure to help you uh, contend with what it is you're dealing with. So, you know, if you take some uh, naproxen or some analgesic for pain, that's okay. From time to time, it's useful. But it's not a cure. And I'm interested in letting this go completely not just dealing with the symptoms for the rest of your life. Yeah, long-term so success. Long-term success is the goal. So we're not anti-anything. We're pro-everything that helps. If you're taking a medication and it doesn't lead to the cure, it's a false medication. So if you're taking drugs that don't lead you to recovery, they're just throwing a blanket over the pain and suffering, it's not enough. Yeah. We've got to do what we can to help ourselves. And that's another thing that's counterintuitive. People are looking for an answer. They're looking for a treatment that will stop their symptoms and pain and hopefully at some point cure them without them having to do anything. Just take a pill and sit on the couch and wait for it to happen. That's not what happens with chronic illness. Chronic illness is based on internal conflicts. And you've got to straighten those things out. The good news is you don't have to go through therapy. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to analyze it and find out why it's that way and how it happened and when it occurred and who did what to whom and how I got this way. You simply have to let go of your attachment to it and make friends with it, make peace with it and say, that's part of my journey. That's what helped me to become stronger. That's what showed me these new concepts and beliefs and behaviors that are leading me to an exalted life of purpose and meaning and mission and 
a utilitarian and useful life instead of a diseased and, and lazy life that doesn't get anything done in this world. So you can actually be grateful for going through what you went through. And when you get to that level of gratitude, that's when everything changes. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to know why it happened. All you have to do is make peace and stop fighting it. You don't have to, you don't have to find out what it is. People are like, well, we've got to do therapy to find out what, what, what happened and why it happened. No, it's not true. You can do those things, and maybe they'll help. You can go into therapy for a few years and see if it helps. But you don't have to. All you have to do is make peace with it. Say, okay, that's what something happened in my past that led to this, and now I choose to focus on the opposite virtue. So you have to learn the practices and the principles to be able to do that. That's all you have to do to reverse the cause of your chronic condition. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. If more people knew that, the world would be a very different place. So. Wouldn't it? Hats off to you, Peter. <laughs> so roll up your sleeve, Skyler. We got work to do. We got work to do. And um, thank you, Peter. Thank you for your time today. You dropped a lot of knowledge, a lot of good stuff. And um, I'm always appreciative of, of the time with you. Oh, it's my privilege to share this with you and your uh, viewers. Yeah. Nothing better. There's nothing I like more in life than helping people out of suffering and pain. Yeah. So thank you for providing this platform for us to be able to do this work. Yeah, you're welcome. And it's absolutely a calling for both of us. And where would you like people to contact you? You can contact me at asvictors.com and go from there. And while you're there, check out the asrecoverychallenge.com. You'll find the link for it there on asvictors.com. That's the hub, the central hub through which everything goes. And take a look at what we're offering. And and see how it uh, jibes with your beliefs. And if it's something that you find could be useful, that's where you'll find me. Cool. Yeah, those sites look good. Those sites look good. Thank you. All right, Peter. Well, enjoy your afternoon. Thanks again. And we will be in touch again later. Good to be with you, Sky. I'll see you soon. Welcome back, everyone. I'm going to quickly summarize a little bit of that show. There's a lot that's said between Peter and I. And for those of you that hear the inherent wisdom in what we're talking about, you'll begin to make the connections of how a certain different belief system or habit in our mind affects the physiology and the stress of our body. And that is why we are here. That is, that is the, the gold in what we're talking about. There's not a lot of people talking about this. I was on the phone with a friend the other day, and she said, Sky, I'm so curious to see how your work unfolds on this planet, because it's gold. <laughs> it is absolute gold, and it really, really is. So for those of you that have AS, and you've been an AS warrior, I want to talk with you, because you can recognize now how some of that environment is not conducive to wellness. Wellness is an art form. Anything you do, think. I was thinking about making paper airplanes the other day, and I was, I was like, wow, everything can be an art form. I'm, I'm like, even making a paper airplane. And then I was like, oh, yeah, origami. Origami is absolutely an art form. Well, so is wellness. So is learning the art of wellness. That's what coaching is about. If you read a book and you're still in pain, if you listen to this podcast and you're still in pain, it's because you don't know the full story yet. 
A book will teach you some great things. This podcast opens the door for a new way of thinking. When you feel a little bit of success in those areas, whether it's a book or a podcast, that's where coaching comes into play so that we can teach you very specifically how this is done. We're teaching you the art of wellness. And it's when you become well in mind that you start to become well in body automatically. If I eat a sandwich, I do not have to sit here and write down the steps of of digestion and internal nutrient uptake into my system at all. In fact, I can eat a sandwich and then go and do anything I want to do on the planet and my body's going to take care of that absorption, digestion, and nutrient uptake into my body. So that's one example of how healing works. You don't have to understand every single step. You just get your head in the right place. Being an AS warrior, and you guys, I'm I'm going to, I know it's controversial, and I know a lot of people are diehard warriors to where they've literally had it tattooed on their body, or they're wearing a backpack um, that has a patch on it, or a car that has a bumper sticker on it. There are a lot of you. And again, I was one. Peter was one. Other people have been them. But recognize that that is a place of of stress. That is a place of, of fighting energy. And like we talk about in this podcast, when you're fighting against an aspect of yourself, you're not going to win. It's much more honorable to become a peacemaker. You can be storming the hills and fighting, or you can learn to let the body heal on its own by making peace with certain situations. And I admit, it sounds like a lot. To do that by yourself... I mean, I can just hear people throwing that back in my face because, like, how on earth could you do that? How could you make peace with ankylosing spondylitis when it's taken your relationships? It's taken your ability to work away. It's taken away your ability to enjoy food. But it's possible. And it might be a lot easier than you think when you have the support that you deserve. So, you guys, my name is Sky Denton. Thank you for enjoying this podcast. Thank you for sharing this podcast with someone that you know and love and care about, whether they have AS or not. And for those of you that really want to help make an impact, share this in a group. There are a lot of big Facebook groups and things like that 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 aren't receiving the amount of positivity that the people in those groups really deserve. I made this platform as a place of positivity and empowerment for people with ankylosing spondylitis. Because that's the greatest void in the population, in the demographic that I know of that has AS. We're not surrounded with positivity. In fact, we're surrounded with the opposite. So this is an invitation for you to step up, to become more positive, to learn how to be well, and to let the body come back into balance, into homeostasis, into a place where you experience more peace of mind, an open heart, happiness, joy in in yourself and in the loving people that you are around every day. Your disease of ankylosing spondylitis affects a lot more than just you. It affects the people that care about you. And we want the best for them as well. So to find me, visit skydenton.com. If you sign up for any coaching services or anything like that and you mention this podcast, I will give you 10% off. And check out asvictors.com or asrecoverychallenge.com to contact Peter. With love and as much gratitude for you and as much honor 
and appreciation for the hard journey that you're on having this disease. I congratulate you for being here. I congratulate you for listening. And if I can be of service to you in any way, please let me know. And with that, I will see you again very soon.